You're listening to a DM podcast. Hi, everyone. You guys are now fully aware by now that I'm busy chasing my dream as an actor and working on a television show as we speak. In the meantime, you should take a re-listen to one of my previous episodes from 2022. Today's selection is my episode with Justine Clark, who is also known for being on Play School. She is such a delight to chat to, and actually one of my top favorite episodes of Mr. A+. I know that you guys will enjoy re-listening to this episode as well. So, let's all go ahead and take another listen, shall we? Hmm? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Mr. A+. Today, we have a guest that I have wanted on this podcast for quite some time. She is most famous for being a long-time presenter on Play School, a show many of us grew up with, and she has done many other television series with the ABC. She's also a very popular children's entertainer, and by far one of my favourite singers as well. Without further ado, let's welcome Justine Clark. Hi, Michael. Hello, Justine. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for agreeing to do this. It was lovely to meet you, actually. It was? Yeah. Uh, and so when you asked me to come on the podcast, I was, I was, yeah, I was thrilled. Thrilled to be asked. In fact, speak, speaking of that, my mother said that, said to me just yesterday that, my sister and brother were, have been watching Play School in their youth, and he, even I did as well. And now that you're on the podcast, she feels quite thrilled about it. I think parents are always happy to see me, and they're always very appreciative of what Play School presenters do, which is essentially look after their children for half an hour while they can go and you know have a shower or cook or clean or do something else, and they feel very safe putting their child in front of the TV screen. My work is already done at that point and I've had a really fun day recording in the studio. So so it's it's lovely that people are so grateful for the work that we do on Play School. It's a great job in that respect because you get so much positive reinforcement from, from the general public. Did you mean to say that you've your time on that show has ended? No, it hasn't. I did actually went back uh, for the first time in four years a month or two ago and did at the Play School Jazzy Street Party, very jazzy street party, which was uh, a 45-minute special uh, episode with, with a live band in the studio. I haven't done it as much as I have for the past 20 years before that, which I did oh. I did it all the time, really, as, as, as often as I could. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't go in as much as I, as I used to. That's a bit of a shame. <laughs> In fact, you're actually my favourite presenter on that show. Thank you. Uh, my favourites were um, Noni Hazelhurst, Benita Collins, Collins, of course. I watched Play School way beyond the years that you're, you know, supposed to or within the sort of demographic of, yeah. yeah I, I used to watch it when I was sort of 10, 12, after school, to watch the actors, really, because they were always such good actors. Yeah. Such good performers, good storytellers, that really direct, you know, address to, 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 to you sitting at home by yourself. Yeah, it always felt really personal and comforting. Yes, mm. I can imagine. Isn't it true that you've been acting since you were seven? I started acting um, professionally, I'm sure. I mean, I did concerts for mum and dad in the lounge room as a kid <laughs> with my sister, but professionally... Uh, 
some people came to my primary school and they wanted some kids for a, um, a Vegemite commercial. So they picked a few kids. I was one of them. And there was an agency like around the corner from my primary school, Wallara, Wallara Public. And so I joined this agency and I never made the Vegemite commercial, but I started making other commercials. Wow. Um, what mm. was the, the, that first role that you were doing? My first commercial was for Mike Willisey's show. Mike Willisey had a current, affair, current affairs program at six o'clock. So it was in oh. the ad, I had to say Willisey at six, but I had a lisp. So I said, I said Willisey. Willisey at six. I think that's why they cast me, because I had a lisp. Uh. I went to elocution les- lessons shortly after and got rid of my lisp. And then I, the next commercial I did was was a Humphrey Bee Bear Biscuits commercial. Do you remember uh, Humphrey Bear or are you too young for Humphrey? Uh, yeah. I can't remember it. Yeah, you're too young for Humphrey. Humphrey Bee Bear was a Channel 9 bear who uh, wore a waistcoat and no pants and didn't talk. Yes, I'm definitely familiar with that. Yeah, and so a line of biscuits came out and I got to do a cartwheel and I saw the man behind the Humphrey suit. Um, that was a big moment in showbiz, seeing the sweaty man with nice. the Humphrey head off smoking a cigarette. <laughs> That was unexpected. <laughs> it was for a seven-year-old. Yeah. But doing the cartwheel and eating biscuits uh, outweighed the shock of seeing Humphrey with his head off, and um, I've been in showbiz ever since. Wow. Oh, I can't even do cartwheels. Well, I was lucky. I did a lot of acrobatting and dancing when I was a kid, so yeah. I can I can still do a cartwheel. Mm. Mm. Tell us about your time on Home and Away. You were one of the original cast members, right? Yes, I was. What was that like? And how come you were only on the show for 18 months? So I was 16. Actually, I think I might have even been 15 when I auditioned for Rue Stewart. So it was a long time ago. So I wasn't in the, I wasn't in the pilot, but I was in, the, in the episode three my character arrived. For me, because I'd been acting for so long by then, I was really interested in the character because... She was seen by everybody as a sort of evil, you know, an evil character, a plotting sort of lying character. But actually she was a really troubled teenager who, who didn't really have, she didn't have her mother around. Her mother died of cancer when she was, well, a few, at least a few years before we, we meet her. Her mother's already died. Her father has repartnered. And so I always felt like she was very, she was, she felt abandoned and lonely and she was a bit, sort of left to her own devices. So I really loved the idea of, of, of playing this this character. What I didn't realise was how much the public would kind of take on, they sort of took on her, they thought she was real. So back then, when, when I was a teenager, if you were out in the street, people called you by your character name. You didn't have, you know, this social media presence or this sort of life as a sort of an actor or you know, an activist or, you know, all the other things that, that actors do now where you could really di- you can really differentiate between the, the actor and the character. Yeah. So um, a lot of people didn't like Rue and I was only 16 or 17 and I found that quite confronting. Um, so even though after a year or so Rue started to turn her life around and tried to become a better person, it was sort of a bit late really by then. Yeah. That was enough time for me. I'm, I'm not... I don't know. I think it's really hard to do long, long form television like that. I think it requires a lot of 
commitment and stamina and com- commitment to your character and the storyline, and I think mm. I felt it was time to move on. Oh, I see. I assume that um, that you were filming the episodes as Rue Stewart in 1988? Mm. The show went to air in, yeah, in 88. Fun fact, that was also the year my parents got married. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so old. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. <laughs> my my mum's older than you, and, and, she's, and she still looks like she's in her 30s. Does she? She certainly does. What's her secret? She doesn't tell herself that she's that she's getting old every day. Okay, I'll take that on. Although I have to confess that I actually never really saw Home and Away, to be honest. Well, that's okay with me. You wouldn't have been born by the time I left, so it doesn't bother me. I was actually born in 1994. Yeah, so it's fine. Not many people would know that you were in a Home and Away stage musical that you starred in. <laughs> where, where did that play? How do you know about that? <laughs> Let's just say... I had somebody to assist me in, in digging up some information. Home and Away, the musical. Oh, wow. So, so I'd been, I'd, I had done a pantomime uh, maybe the year before with Ray Ma, actually, in Barking, which is just outside of London, and I'd played Snow White, and Ray Ma had played this character called Buttons, who's sort of like the clown character and the sort of narrator of the show, the character who keeps the audience engaged and comes on and off throughout the story. And we'd done this show with not seven dwarfs but five children and one dwarf and a short-statured person. So it was hilarious. It was a hilarious production. We had a ball doing it. And the same company then came to us a year and a half later and they wanted to put on Home and Away the musical. They'd written songs and they had booked this season for us that ran for 17 weeks all yeah. throughout England. And we toured around in a tour bus and there were five original cast members and five English actors who were playing the Australian characters. Then there was a, there were dancers, there was a band and some places we went, everyone loved it and other places no one would turn up. It was... Um, it was pretty. It, it was a pretty funny, pretty funny musical, actually. That definitely sound, sounds like a ball. We had a, we had a good time traveling around England. That was really good, but the actual musical itself was mm. dreadful. Oh, absolutely dreadful. Sorry to hear. <laughs> I do have to ask you. What do you think of the soap opera Neighbors finishing up after thirty-seven years? It's inevitable that a show is going to come to a close at some point. I think 37 years is an extraordinary legacy. I think it's incredible that a show like that has kept eyes on it for so long, people interested in those stories and those characters for so long. I think it's a triumph, really, and I think everybody involved should be enormously proud. And I think it's great that people came back and, you know, the people that have become incredibly successful um, still know that without neighbours they wouldn't be where they where they are today, and I think yeah. that's a beautiful beautiful thing, and maybe particular to Australia that those actors feel that kind of yeah. connection and respect for yeah. for the show. God bless Kylie Minogue. Yeah, and Guy Pearce and Margot Robbie and Jason Donovan, and yeah. it's really great they all came back. You've worked with some very talented people over the years, mm-hmm. including Heath Ledger, mm. R.I.P. Mm. What was he like to work with? He was lovely. He was very young when I worked with him. He was only 19. And he 
was very creative, just as we sort of know know him to be. Really, he was he 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 had a small role like I did, and so we but he took lots of photos uh, on set and gave us all shots of us working on set. So you could tell from from you know from obviously he was very young that he was very interested in the in the filmmaking process, mm-hmm. and you know obviously interested in acting as well, but interested in the broader storytelling. And then over the years, I I would just see him you know, at various functions and work functions mm. and parties and things. And, um, yeah, he was always just a really lovely, friendly, kind person. He sounds like it. Mm. I also kind of would like to mention your other collaborators, such as Shane Jacobson, mm-hmm. who was also on, on the podcast. Yes, good. In fact, you and he were, were phenomenal on The Time of Our Lives, which I've been watching recently. Oh, good. I decided to um start watching it because I wanted to explore a side of you that I never really exposed myself to before. Which is what? Drama. Ah. I mostly know you from, from play school, mm-hmm. but thought to myself, the question is, what is she like outside of play school? So I decided to look into to that as well. What did you think, Michael? I really lo- love the show. I thought that was a good show. I thought yeah. that the relationships were really familiar and contemporary. Mm. But it's a pity they, they cancelled the show after two seasons. Mm. In fact... Shane was also the voice of a steam engine on Thomas called Shane. Was he? Yes. Did you hear his voice as Shane? Yep. Did you know he was Shane Jacobson then? Yep. In fact, I research about this stuff all the time. In fact, I call him Shane the Train. <laughs> it's because sometimes when I'm, when I'm interacting with celebrities, sometimes as a bit of a as a bit of fun, I like to um, make a ref some references to their past work. Mm-hmm. As a bit of fun and also to test their memory. Oh, yeah. I've got a dreadful memory. Another collaborator I'd like to talk about is Claudia Carvin. Oh, I just got a text from Claudia today, actually. Oh. Yes. How coincidental. I know. Just just as I was walking into the studio, I got a text from Claudia because we might be going to a dance class, but I don't think I can, I don't think I can go today. Uh, mm. In fact, you two have been friends for years since you were eight years old mm-hmm. so that means it's been like 43 years you've been friends mm-hmm. not many friendships last that long so well done thank you thank you what's she like it to collaborate with and as a person i think she is one of the most creative and bold and clever producers in this country her show love my way was one of the best dramas this country has made, oh. and it, and I think it be, it began a sort of it was the beginning of a of a new wave of female produced and female write, writing shows that that have I think have been incredibly successful and and v- resonated very strongly with with people. Mm. Yeah, so I think she's um I think she's extraordinary. Um, she's always been like that. She's always been really fearless. Wow. You know, so it's a really good quality. Like you know, for example, you know she had to she had to learn to ride a a, a motorbike uh, for a, a a television show she did called Shame, and so I was like, oh, I'll learn too. But I like I got too scared and and stopped. Well, she didn't. She kept going. She had to get a she got a diving license, which I'd already got a few years before. But we went night diving. Well, I got too scared. She didn't. She just throws herself into things and. Yeah, she's 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 that friend, you know. We she's she's the friend that you just like. Wow, you're awesome. I'll I'll never be as awesome as you, but I love you. <laughs> she's she's definitely fearless. She is. 
Back when I, when I was growing up, my mother had high expectations on herself as a, as a mother, and she put a lot of pressure on herself. And somehow that kind of rubbed off on me. Therefore, I tend to put pressure on myself as well in a lot of things, to be honest. Do you think that makes you better at the things that you do? Yeah, I would say so. Because I can sometimes put pressure on myself, but it's it's unnecessary pressure. Yeah, it can be unnecessary. Because often it's just some part of my brain saying to me, you, you'll never do it well, you can't do it, why do you even bother? Those kinds of thoughts. Yeah. And none of those are helpful. No, they're not. Whereas sometimes you can put pressure on yourself that can be constructive. Yeah. For instance, preparation. Yeah. That's good pressure. Yeah. Finally, we have to talk about play school. <laughs> For those who don't know what play school is, play school is an Australian children's educational television series. It's been going on since 1966, which, fun fact, my mother was born that year as well. And as I previously mentioned, Justine has been on that, on this show since 1999, which another fun fact, my sister was born that year as well. Lots of fun facts. This yeah. is good. You've been on the, that ABC show for such a long time, mm. and, you're, and you're pretty much a favourite with kids and, and adults, including myself, who used to be kids who have watched, watched you for years. Did you ever think that this would be your longest running role? No. No, I didn't. But I'm really glad that it has been. When you do play school, you don't you sign a contract for every episode. So there's no oh. guarantee that when you finish your episode, you'll ever be asked back again. Oh. You know, that's I mean that's pretty normal for an actor, but it's not usually if you're a, you know, a regular presenter on a television show, you might be under a a, a 3-year contract or a, you know, even a 1-year contract. But with play school it's not like that. So you just cross your fingers and hope that they'll ask you back next time. So, no, I, I never imagined that I would be sitting here 23 years later and yeah. still be a part of it. But I think what is really special about being a play school presenter and being an ambassador for the show is that people feel such ownership of it because it's generational. They've been a part of it. It's been it's been a part of their lives. So it's a lovely way to be recognised by people because it's it's often either them having very fond memories of their own child uh, childhood or being with their child and watching it with with their child. Yeah, it's a it's a lovely show and it's a it's a very unique show too. I think the other part of it that's unique is is that it has live music. That's not something we do a lot on Australian television. Yeah. So we have. Uh, live piano accompaniment with every episode and I think that's a really really vital part of the show Wow! Um, because it underscores all the storytelling and all the you know any any time you're making making there's always music playing underneath you there's um, obviously there's there's songs and there's dancing sort of action action segments that have yeah. that have musical accompaniment um, but really the music runs all throughout that 25 minutes and I think that that's the really really special part about it. What does it take to be a children's entertainer? Well I think you have to like children that's important and I think for me it's always been about sharing my love and my passion for, for music really. Wow. I want to try and convey my love of it with as much joy and as much kind of life as I can to match them because they're always They've always got so much energy. 
it's always a celebration when you're working when you when you're performing for children. Um, what other qualities do you think are important to bring to such a role? I think you have to you have to be able to keep performing uh, and not wait for applause. That's important because kids don't know when to clap because they've never been to a show before. Mm. You do have to sort of teach them a little bit at the end of each song to clap, but really, who cares? Just keep the show moving, move on to the next thing as soon as possible. That's important. You have to not mind if people talk or cry or leave in the middle of your show because that's mainly what, what kids do. Someone's always going to the toilet. There's a lot of heckling involved, so you have to be able to... Listen to the heckling but not listen at the same time. Keep the show moving. And like I said, I think it's just important that whatever you're doing, you're doing it because you really love it. Hmm. How much of what you do on Play School is ad-libbing? Very, very little. Every word is scrutinised by the early childhood advisors and the writers. They'll outline an episode and with the early childhood advisors and then the writers will go away and write it and we'll come, we'll come back and we'll rehearse it. When we rehearse, we have to kind of work out if you're, if you're making a hat or something out of cardboard and tape, you have to work out how long it's going to take you, how many pieces of tape you need with the dialogue that you've been given. Do you need a song in there while you're... While you're taping, you know, tape, 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 taping. We'll often sing that one because yeah. it takes a while to tape or yeah. stick or cut or whatever it is you have to do. Very little ad-libbing. They do like you to, to, to make mistakes. We call them happy mistakes <laughs> um, because life is, life is full of happy mistakes. Yes, I, I can tell since I've done many of those myself, <laughs> embarrassingly. That's right. But I think the, 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 that's the great thing about watching play school is you do see other adults in your life um, modeling modeling behavior that says just pick yourself up and keep going and that's yeah. good um do you help create the songs and and skits for play school yeah no um the only thing uh, that i've contributed which is actually it's actually turned out to be quite a lot is the songs. So, but it's kind of come about in a roundabout way. When I made I Like to Sing, which was my first album in 2005, we had initially taken those songs to Play School and said, hey, what do you think? We'd done demos of them. So what do you think about these songs for Play School? And Play School were like, no, thank you. They're not really Play School songs. They're lovely, but they're not really Play School. Myself and Peter Dacent, who wrote a lot of the songs from the first album, we said, why don't we just make an album and just see how it goes? Like, put it out there. So we made I Like to Sing and we made the film clip for I Like to Sing and for Watermelon and ABC Music and ABC Commercial loved loved it. So they played the clips all the time and we started getting gigs and playing to our own kind of crowd, which was pretty exciting. And now sort of, well, then probably ten, about 10 years later, the song started to creep into to play school. So a lot of those yeah. songs that we'd put on that first album are now songs that are used all the time mm. through play school. So that's um that's been really lovely. In fact, between you and me, I actually have a DVD copy and a CD of two of your albums. <laughs> you? One of them is Great Big World and the other one it has the word raw. What's Everybody Raw. Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's the best of album. That's my latest one. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Great. Because I've listened to those songs quite a few times recently and they're pretty catchy and you were just amazing in them. Thank you, Michael. No question. 
Have you ever got the giggles while performing? Yes. Plenty of times on stage. Yes. I see. Mm. How does that feel? Delicious and very naughty, but not not controllable. I see. Very, very. It's very bad when it, when you go up on stage and because you know it's bad, you, then you can't stop. <laughs> that sounds like fun. It's fun. It's good fun. <laughs> Who is your favourite toy on play school? Let's run through some of them. Okay. Humpty. Don't tell the others, but Humpty would be my number one because of the shape of him and his, the way his hair flops around and oh. he's good. You can, you can sort of – you can work with him because he's got – he's round so, and he's – He's got floppy arms and floppy legs and mm. that silly grin. T- big Ted is 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 big and but he's quite st- he's quite stiff. Mm. Little Ted is beautiful to cuddle as well. Yeah. And uh, Jemima is great because she can wear so many different outfits. So she's yeah she's a good she's a good character because she can always dress up. And also last month we were both on ABC ninety together. When you were on the stage saying some of those lines from play school, it kind of felt nostalgic. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I was really surprised when I walked out to do my link. Behind me, John Waters and Benita Collins were sitting right behind me. And I still get uh, the same feeling that I got when I watched them when I was a kid. I still feel that same feeling when I see them. And so I, t- I turned around and I couldn't believe that I was standing up the front. I, f- I felt really sure that they'd gotten it wrong and they should have been standing up the front presenting. But, you know, I forget that I'm 50 now. Like I'm, and I have, been do- you know, I have been doing it for a long time. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we've got to talk about that night um, at the ABC 90. Yeah. Um, before I was even signed on to um, appear there, I actually secretly had some hopes that I would have the chance to encounter you. <laughs> well, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I also met Costa Georgiatis, who who actually reminds me of my old TAFE teacher. Yeah? They have, this, they have similar beards and they sound alike. <laughs> that was about from 2014 to 2016. Mm-hmm. I was studying Certificate 3 in shop fitting and joinery. Wow. After I got that, that certificate, I uh, got a job in it. At a kitchen manufacturer, but I didn't build any of the cabinets. I just um, sanded doors all day. Yep. How long did you do that for? I did. I did that job for for almost five years. Five years. Yeah. Do you look back on that now and just think, what do you think? Do you think I'm really lucky? What do you What, what do you think? I'm grateful for the time that I was there, but I don't look back on it now. <laughs> And because if I stayed there, I would not be able to get anywhere in life, especially with all these offers coming. I know. You've got a very different life now. Yep. I did a lot of waitressing because I'm an actress, so that means you do a lot of waitressing in your life. So I did a lot of waitressing, and I look now at waitressing, and I just I just feel so grateful that that part of my life is – I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, but I do just think oh, I'm so lucky that, I, that that's not – I don't have to do that now. Mm. I believe you've started an acting course. Yeah, that's right. At Screenwise. Yep, Saturday mornings, 9 to 12. What have you done so far? Scenes with, with different people. Scenes that from from movies that we would know? Or? Uh, no. Um, it's the original scripts that huh. the, 
the school has developed. Yeah. Okay. That's right. And are you enjoying it? I certainly am, yeah. On the first day, I had a very positive gut feeling about it. And I do have high hopes that my acting skills will be sharpened by the time I finish it. I was going to ask you, um, when did you discover your passion for singing? I think I've always sung since I was very little. And we grew up with music in our house. My dad was a singer. He would sing in the house. It was just one of those things I did a lot of. And I still do it. I still sing around the house. I play a bit of guitar and a little bit of piano, but I'm not very good. And it's only it's only really to accompany myself uh, in, to sing. I've just always lo- I've always loved it. In fact, my dad plays guitar himself. He plays Spanish guitar. Does he? That's what I want to play Spanish guitar. He, he's he's self taught. Good on him. Do, do your husband and and kids enjoy your singing? Yes. Yes, they do. I get the ukulele out and in summer and sing sing a bit at night time, and that's fun. I do that, when, and I sing with the kids a bit. Um, my my youngest, he loves Elvis, so sometimes we get the guitar out and sing Elvis songs. He's seen the Elvis movie five times. Wow! Yeah, he loves it. They've always been yeah, they've always been very supportive of all my work, which is good. good. I assume that play school is their favourite. Well, the older two, they really loved Play School, but Max was grew up in that era of of YouTube. So even as a as a three year old, he had the iPad out and he would just get on YouTube, and so he would decide what he wanted to watch. And Play School just didn't it just didn't uh, interest him. I see. But the the first the, the the older two loved it. I've never even used an iPad. Well, he 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 didn't understand. Why, how there was a someone else programmed his viewing for him. He just didn't get it when we put normal TV on. Mm. He'd go up to the television and try to swipe it because he couldn't. He couldn't work out why someone else would have control over what he wanted to watch. Okay. So it's very different, you know, to to obviously to my experience. What's different about writing songs for kids? Do you think? I think you have to write songs, assuming that kids are going to be moving when they're listening to it, so that you want to try and get them to engage with the, with the song. So often I will think about songs that are sort of action-based. There's a great song on the first album called Hop Hippity Hop. So as soon as you hear the name of that song, you know what you have to do. And I think that's really important for, for children because they feel, they feel music through their bodies. They don't, just, they don't sit down and ask yeah. to be entertained. They're ready to, to, be, to be as involved as they can. Yeah. Yeah, they're very exp- they're very expressive with their bodies. So I try to make something in the song fun for them to to do. That sounds like a lot of fun. Also, I do have to confess this as well. When I first met you at um, ABC ninety, I was actually a little bit surprised by the fact that you recognised me. Well, you're very famous. It's because of Love on the Spectrum, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think you are a very warm and direct person who is a very good listener and I think you're curious about other people. I think you would make an impression on people. I can't really take all the credit because I often give a lot of it to my parents. <laughs> well, now on to our Ask Mr. A Plus segment. Uh, Guests get the opportunity to ask me questions, whatever comes to mind, and they can ask me as many as they please. Okay. You're the oldest. Yep. Do you think you've been a, a good older brother? Yeah, I, I would say I have, but the thing is, my... Siblings never really looked up looked up to me at all. And my parents never really insisted on me setting an example for them. Because my brother, he's fiercely independent. He never really wanted anybody to do things for him. 
In fact, he's now moved out and he's engaged. He's 25 right now. In October, he's going to be 26. And then 11 days after his birthday, he's going to be married. Are you uh, involved in the you in the wedding party? Yeah, apparently I'm the best man. Are you preparing to make a speech? I would say that I am, but the thing is, I don't even know how to roast him. Why not? My brother's not that easy to take the mickey out of. I, I, I find it easier to take the mickey out of my sister and mother. Okay, this is a tough assignment then. Yeah, it is. Fortunately, my sister and mother sell, they'll be able to give me a hand with it. That's exciting. Thanks. Where do you see yourself in five years? Being hopefully happily married and being further ahead in, a, in an acting career and having my own place in Shore Cove. Are you working towards getting your own place? Yep, I've been doing that for years. Saving? Yes. Any more questions? Mm, no. So you're telling me that you have no further questions? I have no further questions, Your Honour. I'm not a judge. <laughs> that's what you that's what you that's how you address a judge, which I'm not. <laughs> I gotta say that for some reason I find your your smile very lovely and infectious. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> now, seriously, it's enough to, to cheer somebody up. <laughs> well, we all need a bit of cheering up, don't we? Mm. Yeah. Thank you for having me today. Thank you, Justine. It was an absolute pleasure. It was a delight. Thank you in return. <laughs>